Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. I can hear me just fine, just so you guys know. Right? So, uh, anyway, can you guys see me over here? I'm going to line it up. Will I mess your camera up here, Jim? What's that? I'm good? Okay. Go. Now I can, like, I can see people better. It's like, thank God for the mask, and I'm out of the spitting zone, so you guys are all safe. So, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather here. Thank you for your peace and your goodness and your love and just everything that you are to us and that you brought us through the gift of Jesus. But I just ask that you open our eyes and open our hearts that we can hear and see what you have to say to us this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, just speak through me this morning. Amen. So um, <laughs> I was just thinking this morning, yesterday... Um, well, I made a couple posts. I've seen some stuff, like I'm on a coaching network thing where, where I'm always trying to grow. So, like, I want other feedback, too. So, but i seen this quote, and it said, Blessed are the flexible, for they won't be bent out of shape. Right? And it made me think of our church. Right? Because we've had to be flexible, and we've had to be pliable. And, and as believers in this season, we have, have to be where we can, you know, move, you know. And then I think about the horses, right? A lot of the horses, like God called the Israelites stiff-necked. You know what stiff-necked means? It means the cowboy is like, when I got this horse and I grabbed the rein and I asked him to turn, he's like, oh, oh, I'm not going to turn. You hear what I'm saying? He just takes his neck and he bows it up. But a light, flexible horse is you can just ask, just real soft, and they'll just, oh, yeah, we'll go here or we'll go there. And God was saying, you know what? You're not flexible. And you're not and, and you're not pliable. You're stiff-necked, and you just kind of bow up and go wherever you want to go. And there's so much of the time in our own lives that we can be like that. Am I right? And so, but when we can be flexible, and when we can be pliable, and we can follow the Holy Spirit, know where He's leading, and know where He's guiding us, and that opens up a whole new world for us, right? For those cults, they might be able to where you might be able to lead them. You know, but you can't get on and ride them because they're going to the hot dog stand on you. Know what I'm talking about? And it changes their world because now they're not just confined to these few little places. Now you can ride them and take them wherever you want. You can go into the mountains or go here or go there. And it opens their world up to them. And I just think in this season, if we can learn to be flexible and learn to be pliable and learn to follow the Holy Spirit and see... What are you doing, God? Like, we can listen to the news, and we can listen to all this other stuff, and we can get ourselves bust up. You hear what I'm saying? And we can get ourselves bent out of shape because it's, like, not going the exact way we want. Like, I could get mad because I'm wearing this mask, right? But the, the fact is, is it doesn't do any good to, to go about it that way. And so we can be flexible, pliable, and go where God's leading us and God's guiding us. One of um, my wife's Nana saw that post and posted on there and she said blessed are the flexible because they shall not be broke broken and that made a lot of sense so not just been out of shape 
but not broken. You know, like I know a lot about it. When I was younger, I was a lot more flexible. And if I get bucked off, I'd bounce. I was flexible and I didn't break. Now, you know, it starts out, you know, like, like, like I'm a basketball, right? I just bounce. <laughs> then I turn into a bowling ball and I go, Kathad, I just gonna quit before I turn into a watermelon. You know what I'm talking about? So, but it's important for us to know, that's another lesson too, is to learn and know the time and the season we're in and how to apply what God's teaching us in his wisdom and in his ways and in his truth and then all that he does. And so um, in this season, <laughs> I've been trying to find answers and how to do some stuff. And one of my friends is really involved in some politics stuff. And so um, this is voting season. How many of you know that the ballots are out? right and so it's really political and i had some friends that are wanting are voting one way and and another friend voting the other way and i was like you know something i'm going to find out for myself so yesterday we went to meet and greet and so here's a statistic for you 25 to 35 million christians in the united states don't vote each year let me say that one more time 25 to 35 million Christians don't vote in the United States. That was appalling to me when I read that statistic. So I was like, I'm gonna do something about that in the fact that I'm gonna do my part. And that's what we can do. And you're like, well, Pastor James, you're talking political. It's just, this is just a sub thing. This isn't the word, but I really think in this season, we need to have our voices heard. Cause I was talking to the a Lieutenant Governor candidate yesterday and um, he was a pastor, believe it or not. And he told me, he, he's, he's like, there's a state official, a bunch of pastors got together and went to the state official and said, hey, we need some help on this or this. And he said, well, you're technically not essential. You guys are just social workers. And they were all mad about it. And so they come to him and he, he's like, look, he's like, until you guys let your voices be heard, they don't consider you essential. And so for the body of Christ and for, for believers to be heard, we're gonna have to be heard in the ballot box. And so that means that pastors are going to have to stand up and say, hey, not tell you what to vote for, but tell you, for God's sake, vote. If you have to write in Donald Duck in there. You hear what I'm talking about? But vote and make yourself heard. Well, you're like, well, um, Pastor James, uh, where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you guys asked. That's a great question, right? Because there's some really good candidates out there that love God and are called to this time just like in the Bible. Do you anybody ever remember a dude named Joseph in the Bible? Right? He went went through slavery and then he went to prison and then God promoted him from that to second in command and he gave him a place of influence and, and it literally saved the, the um, Israelite people, right? And then you look at Daniel. Anybody remember Daniel? Then Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Do you see, see guys like that? How about Queen Esther? Right? Let's give some, give some ladies some love, right? Yeah. Right? God brought her to a place and brought her to a time and put her in a place of influence so she could save God's people. And now we're living in a time and a place and a culture in our lives where, where we have a voice. We live in the greatest country that's ever been. And we have the greatest opportunity that anyone in the planet has still to this day. You hear what I'm talking about? And so there's a, um, another quote 
I just seen it and it, I'd said it, um, I'd read it and put it on Facebook last year and it come up today. And it's this, responsibility is the key to freedom. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So when we take responsibility and say, you know what, I'm going to take care of this and I'm going to step out and I'm going to let my voice be heard and I'm going to do my part. And so that's all free. This is just a sub. <laughs> but it really was on my heart. Because like I, I, even if you don't vote like me, vote. Like, because that's like our greatest freedom. Like I'm not telling you how to vote. Um, but I'm telling you, vote and vote your principles and vote how the Holy Spirit, pray about it. Say, ask how the Holy Spirit would want you to vote and how, how you know, and watch what God will do. Amen? Amen? So I was just thinking about that <clears throat> too. I'm going to start off in Psalms 13. Can't promise I'm going to end there. I'm pretty sure I'm not. But hey, let's go for it, right? So, but I was just thinking about that. Responsibility is the key to freedom. And as I was reading, I'm doing a, a Psalms I'm reading Psalm, one chapter of Psalms every day, and um, <laughs> today just happened to be Psalms 13, and um, there is so much going on out there, and if we look at what's going on out there, we can get off kilter. And so we just, we spent several hours on Wednesday night talking with some, with some people after church that had lost a friend, he was 20 years old and overdosed on heroin. And so we talk about all kinds of different pandemics, but we forget about some of those other pandemics that are going on around here that took the life of a healthy, young, 20-year-old man that was a good kid, you know? And then there's people who are losing their jobs, and there's people who are sick in the hospital, and their families can't even come and see them. And there's just so much going on that, that it, can overwhelm, it can overwhelm people. And I thought about this, and I thought about King David, and we were talking about King David last week in um, verse in um, Psalms chapter six. So I started off in Psalms thirteen. I thought that's almost a replay, but it's kind of not. But listen to how King David approached it, and he says this: <clears throat> Psalms thirteen, or Psalm thirteen. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Now, it sounds a little bit like verse 6 again, don't it? Because here's King David. Like we talk about people being drama queens. This was a drama king. You know what I mean? It's like he, he literally wore his feelings uh, on his shirt sleeve, and he wasn't afraid to tell God exactly what was going on and exactly how he felt and exactly all this stuff. And so much of the time, I think, as believers, we come and we even come to church, and people are like, how are you? I'm great. Well, look, it looks like a shirt just bit your, bit your left leg off. Oh, that's nothing. I'll be okay from it, right? And then we just like, like, it's almost like we're living in this thing and we think we have to go through stuff alone. And I think I touched on it last, last time, but I need to touch on it some more. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also 
when, when, when we need to know that, that we're here for each other. You're not on an island. You're not alone. Where, where two or more are, agree in prayer, then it's done, right? So why wouldn't we go to someone else? Why wouldn't we call someone and say, hey, would you pray for me? I've got several people in my life that I'll, I'll, I'll pray. Our, our church board prays every time we meet. Like they have, there's a list, right? And so, so it's important for us to have other people around us to be praying. But it's also really important for us to go to God, right? One thing one of my mentors told me, and I think I mentioned it last week, was that I don't go to anyone with a problem that they can't fix right so listen i don't pull up to my chiropractor and ask him to, to fix my car you know what i mean and so at the same time i don't pull up to the mechanic and ask him to pull my tooth out he might do it <laughs> but it might not be like the way that i want it do you hear what i'm saying but i know that i have a father that loves me and that cares for me and that I can go to, the Bible says, says, says we can go to the throne of grace and find mercy, right? Where And we can go there boldly because God will hear us and God will answer our prayer and he'll be there for us. Sometimes we don't feel feel like it, right? And there's a lot, lot there's there's some doctrine going around that's like, kind of like, well, you just, it's almost like you ignore something. And that's not, not biblical either, right? There's stuff going on, like you may have cancer, we're not going to deny that you have cancer, but we're going to deny that that cancer has a right to stay because of the blood of Jesus. Do you hear what I'm talking about? You may be broke, right? You may be broke, but you're not poor because Jesus paid that you could have all of his provision. So we bring in God's promises and we bring in God's precepts and we watch God turn those things around rather than trying to do that stuff in our own power and all by ourselves and just sticking our head in the sand and hoping stuff goes away. Am I preaching too hard this morning? But I think if we don't get like back into just get down in the dirt and get real with people, people aren't going to ever see the goodness of God because it, it, it's not up to just us, right? 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave his life and he died on the cross. Right, so that we can be saved. And I was thinking about the law. And I was thinking about how Jesus um, paid that price. And, and um, how he just fulfilled the law. And in the, in the Hebrew, that, that fulfillment means that he brought it to perfection. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't do away with the law and do away with the stuff. He brought it to perfection because in ourselves... We can't live up to that, right? In fact, when we think we can, we're bringing it down, right? That's, that's not humility. That's arrogance for us to say, we can keep all of it. We can do all of it, right? That's why we got the law in the first place, right? Because when it come down the mountain, he's like, you got to do all this. And I'm sure God was like saying, please don't say yes. Please say, have mercy. Let's find a different way. And I believe if they, if people would have realized that, that things would have changed, right? But God in His sovereignty knew, and so here, here, here we have the law, and it is fulfilled. And so I was thinking about this, and and here's David. Like you ever see like a cup with like gook in it, and it's like this full of gook, but it's like this big of a cup. 
and then you see people take a picture and you can pour into that picture picture and it'll overflow and pretty soon it'll all overflow and it'll all come out right well I was thinking about that and I almost grabbed a picture this morning but I was like you know might not go too well in these days right I was thinking David wasn't like that he wasn't like I'm gonna pour in David would take that gunk and he'd go to God and he'd go and he'd dump every bit of it out every bit of it out he'd say you know something I'm not living with this in my life I'm not living with this feeling in my life I'm not living without you knowing what's going on in my life I'm gonna let you know and he said and he had a personal relationship with God so much so that God said that he's a man after his own heart like right here he looks like he's on a episode of hee-haw right well, it was me and agony on you and the dogs going off in the background, right? But that's not, that's not necessarily bad. When you're hurting and when you're sad and when you're going through something, let that stuff come out. Go to God. You can go to him. He cares. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Anything less than going to God with our stuff is religion and it's trying to be good enough and we're not ever going to measure up in ourselves. It's only because of his blood. And as we dump that stuff out, we can allow God to fill our cup and fill it up and our cup will run over and it's not running over with a mixture of the gook and stuff. It's running over with life and life more abundant. Out of our belly will flow rivers of living water isn't that good news so we don't have to worry about that stuff that I want to encourage you go to God talk to him about that thing you can't talk to no one else about and he'll hear you and he'll answer your prayer you're like well pastor James there's nothing in the Bible about that <laughs> man you guys need to read your Bible Right? What a question. You turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Yochanan. What? Anybody know what that is? It's Johnny. That Johnny be good. Da -da 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 -da. Okay. I'm having too much fun out here in the sun. I'm feeling like good, good, good vibrations. I'm ready for the beach, you know, and the beach boys. And Okay, now watch this. John chapter 4, verse 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, <laughs> it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned... You know what that was? That was the definition of fake news back then. Right? When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he, now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. 
And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask uh, for ask me for a drink for Jews do not associate with Samaritans so now here Jesus he's traveling down the road and he gets to this place into this well and there's a Samaritan woman and now they they didn't um, <laughs> Jews and Samaritans didn't associate right so so like there's no way a Jew would ever ask a Samaritan for a cup of water but here Jesus sees her and he sees her at the well you know what that was that comes from a thing called BS. Do you know what BS means? You guys are thinking wrong. It means broken system. Right? You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Right? Most of the cowboys are like, yeah, that's not what I think it is. Right? But it comes from a broken system and a broken method and a broken way. And Jesus come to heal the broken. And he said, I'm going to reach you right where you were at. I love you just like you are. Maybe you're rejected and maybe no one else will touch you. Maybe no one else wants anything to do with you. But I'm going to come and I'm going to come this day and I'm going to come just for you. Because you're that valuable. I don't care who's put you down. I don't care who's abused you. I don't care who's, who's left you. Jesus said, man, I'm here for you. I love you. You're my reason and you're my cause. And for you too out there in video land, God hasn't forgotten you. Jesus loves you. He's right there for you. He, he's chasing you down even if he has to chase you down through, through a video on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're seeing this. He loves you. And so here, here <laughs> this person who shouldn't even be talking to or associated with Jesus asking her for a drink. And Jesus, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. He's like, you're used to dealing with just regular men. You're just real used to dealing with mere people, but I am the Messiah. I am the son of the living God, and I am representing God, and he is here for you, and he's going to give you more than you ever dreamed or expected. Isn't that good news? You say, good news. Can someone say, good news? Because that's good news. Yeah. Do you want to hear some good news? You can say 15% if you switch to Geico. I don't use Geico, so. But I almost got a new sponsor, didn't I? Right? But that was good news, right? So she says, sir, sir, the woman said. Can I do the voices? I can almost. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? He's like, dude, you ain't getting nothing to drink unless you, I get it for you. What are you talking about? She was, she was like, man, you done been to the wrong store. You know? And so here, here Jesus says this. Listen to what she's saying. Uh, um, where can you get this are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds now that well had some history 
you know, that well we're drinking from has a lot of history too, right? It goes back to our Father God. And so Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will, be, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you ever hear something that's so good and you're just like, man, I just can't believe that? Am I the only one who's ever been there? Right? Maybe. No? You hear something and it's so good and you're like, you know what? I just I just can't believe that. And that's where this woman was, was at. So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. So like she still wasn't thinking on the same level that Jesus was, right? He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And they're good thoughts to give you hope and an expected end, right? And so, and so when we can get on God's level of thinking and think where he thinks and know how he's thinking, and that's what the word of God is so important for us is because this tells us how God thinks. And this tells us kind of where God's at. And so we can get in line with him and get in line with what his word says. The word says, you know, the, the thing you're living in might say that you're, you're sick and broke and your dog left you and your cat bit you. But I promise you, Jesus died and there's a promise for every one of those. Because maybe your cat will keep biting you. That's just how cats are, you know. Don't you love cats? Right? But he has the answer and we can get on his wavelength and get on his thought process. And she wasn't there yet. God's telling us stuff. And talking to us. And the Holy Spirit will talk to us and we're just like, man, I'm just not there yet. Right? Before I started going on the cult starting challenges, right? I I did my first challenge, and when I got done, I, like I was coming fourth. I had a really hard horse, but I did a good job with it. And I got done, and the guy who runs it, he goes, James, he goes, why don't you go go do some others, or you can get to the national finals. I was like, are you smoking something? <laughs> like, I just got fourth. He goes, you did really good, and this was a tough one, and you had a really hard horse. He's like, you should think about that. And so, like, my thinking level was right here. You hear what I'm saying? Because maybe of where my circumstance was. But God had a better plan, an above plan, and he used someone to spur me on and get me thinking like he is. And that's maybe what I'm like, a little spur right now. Saying God's called you to places and he's called you to stuff. Not, not just to be a pin cushion or a punching bag. You hear what I'm saying? You're out there and someone's beating you up or making you a punching bag, whether it's physically or, or, or verbally, you need to hit the road. You know what I'm talking about? Not real politically correct, but it's true. And I want to see people get free. Now watch this. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. I want it. I want I desire that. You know what? She had been through relationships where she had been abused. 
She'd been through places where she was used and thrown away and rejected and she's just looking for someone to connect with her, looking for someone to love her, looking for just a break in life. And here Jesus is on the scene, he's like, I can give you water and then it clicks with her. I'll take this water any way I can get it because I won't be thirsty again and even if it's just on this realm, I'll take it. And you know what Jesus did? He had connected with her. And then he says this, watch this. He told her, go call your husband and come back. You know what he was doing? He was trying to draw out of her what David naturally did himself. He's trying to teach her something here. Watch this, he said, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Can you imagine that? She's sitting here. Jesus is like, like really digging. He's like wanting to see her so free. He loves her so much. And most Jewish people wouldn't have even gave her a drink of water or taken a drink from her because she was unclean and unpure. Jesus wasn't affected. He's like, not only do you not have a husband, you've been married five times. There was Joe. He loved you, but you ran off because you didn't think he was good enough. And then there was Bob, who was nastier than heck to you. Right? Then he's just going through the whole list. You've been used and you've been abused and you've been treated badly. But I'm telling you something. I've got something greater for you. And now you're so hurt and so scarred, you're not even married to the guy you're with now. And he called her and he's like, man, I just want you to empty all that stuff out. I just want you to let it go. Let your past go. Let all that hurt go. Come to me. And watch what I'm going to do with the poured out. I don't want you to hide in shame. I want you to just let it out so that I can fix it and so that I can do something about it. That's how good Jesus is. That's how much he loves you. None of us deserve anything from him. But in his grace and in his mercy, he says, I'm going to give you everything and I'm going to take your punishment. And he is like, man... I love this woman and I'm going to make sure she gets free. And that's what he wants. It's for freedom he set us free. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Man, I don't know if I'd have replied like that. I think I'd have been freaking out a little more than that. Like, dude, I'm out of here. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is of the Jews. He's like, man... You don't even know what you're worshiping over here. 
and they're worshiping the truth over here and salvation is of the Jews and I'm salvation and I'm standing right in front of you. You know what? Salvation is here right now today and his name is Jesus and he's standing right in front of you and he's just, just crying out in his heart, just, just give me a chance, just try me, just try me once, just, just trust me and watch what I'll do because he is so worthy. He's so faithful. He's so true. So she's saying, man, we worship on this mountain, but you guys worship on that. And Jesus is like, man, they're going to worship here and they're going to worship here. But I don't care about where you worship, just the fact that you do worship. See, we do church here, but we also meet at a rodeo grounds in the bleachers and in the grandstands out in the dirt and the horsemen are in the cow stuff. Hear what I'm talking about? And God's in both places, and He's all places, and He doesn't care if you worship, where you worship. He just wants you to worship, and He's like, I don't want it to be a religious thing, and I don't want it to be, to be a ritual thing. I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. Straight up good news. You know why in spirit? You ever hear the saying and they, it's like, well, the enemy of our soul. <laughs> Do you know why they don't say the enemy of our spirit? When you accept Jesus, your spirit is saved as it's ever going to be. But we have this thing that's called a soul and it's our mind and it's our will and it's our emotions. And sometimes when we come to Jesus, we get this blessing and it all just washes away, right? And then our thinking changes too. But sometimes there's stuff we just got to walk through. You hear what I'm talking about? And he'll walk. That's why they, I think they call it the walk of faith. Right? Sometimes it feels like you're walking a plank with sharks circling down there. Right? But I'm telling you, you'll never be safer in a better place. So here, he's saying, I want you to not just worship me with your emotions. I want you to go back to who you really are. You are a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. He goes, I want you to worship me in spirit because I am a spirit. And he's like wanting to connect with you on a personal level. Not frou-frou, not fluffy. Someone called me fluffy one time and I thought it was a compliment because I had too long a hair, but then I realized they were calling me fat and I was kind of mad. Right? God doesn't want all that fluffy, frou-frou stuff. Or that rigid, hard stuff. He's like, I just want a relationship with you. I just want to love you. And I just want you to be in my life. And you think, man, you're just talking to people who don't know Jesus. Just, yeah, they're getting ready to know him. But I'm not. I'm talking to believers, too. Because so much, many of us can get disconnected. Disconnected from who he really is. And that's all he wants is to love us. Now watch this. For salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he you know what he said I am 
right? When Moses was at the burning bush, what did he say? Who can I say that, say that sent me? He said, say, I am sent me, right? When they come to arrest Jesus, they said, Jesus, where are you? And he said, I am. And when he spoke it, all the soldiers fell out because they couldn't stand in the presence of the, of the Holy Son of God. You guys hear what I'm talking about? There's power. Now he's declaring to her. He's like, I am. And it clicks with her. Finally, it clicks with her. Watch. And it, I am he. Just then the disciples returned from Chick-fil-A. Because that's God's food. Man, they really messed up because they put one right down the road from me. And Linda's like, We're, you're only eating there like once a month. And like we've ate there three times this week. And at her suggestion, so... So if I get even more fluffy, you know whose fault it is, right? That darn cow in the Chick-fil-A commercial. Okay. Then Jesus glared. Uh, then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, no less a Samaritan woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? And then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come. See a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Can you imagine that? Her life was so impacted. Could this be? You guys just got to give him a chance. Could this be? Could this be your time? Could this be the time that you've been waiting and, and searching and hoping that you could find the answer, and I'm telling you the answer, and his name's Jesus. And he loves you, and it's easy. All you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you're saved. And if you do that, Father, we just ask right now, it's simple, just repeat after me. Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Come into my heart, and I give you the care and control of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all it takes. If you said that prayer, get a hold of us. We want to pray with you. Or get a hold of someone. We're here for you. To rededicate your life to Jesus. Maybe you're out there and you're hurting. Real simple. Same thing, just I give it back. I give it all. I surrender it all. Maybe we're here and we just need to surrender it all. We think, well, what does Jesus care? Well, I'm glad you asked. You guys got great questions. Wow, it just blows me away. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. You know what Jesus was saying? You're what I'm about. Like, I'd rather spend time with you than eat. He'd rather spend time with you than breathe, and he proved it on the cross. You hear what I'm talking about? He loves you that much. Some of you guys are sitting here thinking, man, you forgot about David. You left him in a bad spot, and I kind of did, so I'm going to rescue him real quick. Alright? So David's been here. How long will, you, will the enemy triumph for me? Can you imagine that Samaritan woman was probably in the same spot? Can you imagine the tears that she's cried? The heartache that she felt, 
how long? Then he says, look on me and answer, O Lord. Thank God this is only like six verses. Like we get into some of these. One of these verses is like 176. Or one of these chapters. I mean, good Lord. Look on me and answer, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. That's that same word in that light is like a rise and shine, like in Isaiah 60. But he's saying, give give light to my eyes. We Sometimes we're, we're walking around, but we're walking around dead people. There were people who are worrying about the zombie apocalypse. I'm telling you, it's here. But God will speak life. And he'll draw you out if you'll just trust him. Now watch this. Resurrection's here to meet that. Give light to my eyes or else I will see uh, or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And then it's like there's a pause. You ever go to God and you're crying and praying and you feel like you just pour it out? And then all of a sudden you'll feel a release. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's been times in my life and I'll just go to the Father and I'm just pouring it out. And I know that it's healthy and it's good for me because I'll get this release. It might not come in one minute. It might not come in five. It may not come in ten. But it comes. And when it comes, I just take a breath and I'm like, Ooh. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. In Proverbs it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it comes about, it's a spring of life. Now watch. He changes gears here, and he says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Do you know what that means right there? Your salvation, God's salvation. Do you know who that is? His name's Yeshua. He calls him by name. He says, My heart trusts in Yeshua. My heart trusts in Jesus. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Isn't that awesome? He's so good. And he loves us so much. We can trust him. And you know why we can trust him? Because of the, of the cross. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.